0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Come to you from underneath a peach blossom It's time for an episode of be awesome, find positivity throughout your life and work. Just like our mascot, Rooster, see the jerk. Hello, Be Awesome listeners. This is a crazy and wild couple of days down here in Raleigh, North Carolina. We are recording episode 29 of the Be Awesome podcast, third one in a day that I'm recording. And I'm super excited because I've just got awesome people all around here. And uh, one of them that I wanted to grab is a good friend of mine, David Marcus, who's from Day Toledo High School in California. Welcome to the podcast, David.
1: Hey, thanks so much. It's great to be here. Um, I got to tell you... uh, it's something I've been looking forward to, um, and this is just a, uh, a great beginning of uh, a great day. Thank you so much.
0: No, my, my pleasure. Now, David, let's talk about you first, then I want to get into an experience you had. Tell us a little bit about you and who you are, what you do, and all that fun stuff.
1: Great. Happy to. Um, so right now I'm called the campus business manager of our school, but really I'm the director of facilities. I'm in charge of their maintenance and their security and uh their rentals and construction. And uh, I just, I really love our job that we do there and my participation in it. Um, Probably even more so is that our school was started back in 2002 and I was on the founding board back in 2001. So I had the honor of being a founding board member and uh, moving into a paid position a few years later. I was their first business manager. And then once we moved to our own place, now I'm their uh, director of facilities. I thought I had less work when I moved to our new place and uh, a director of facilities, and uh, boy, I was so so wrong. I, <laughs> I must work. Uh, I work a lot of hours, yeah. um, and but I love it, and um, so I'm, I love doing that job. I love the people that I work around, and a lot of excitement there. And um, when I use the word love, I also love to share um, some of those things that uh, I've gotten use of and. Uh, let other people have that experience also. Um, And uh, it's been a really great uh, uh, time there and I look forward to continuing that. Before that, I was actually in accounting and did some quality assurance work. So I've got a little bit of this, a little bit of that, Um, but uh, D Toledo High School, that's where we're at right now. And um, it's a great place to be and great uh, future.
0: So you're in year 17. How many students, how big is the campus?
1: We're uh, we're a six acre campus. We've got uh, two large buildings, about a hundred thousand square feet, and four hundred students, uh, not grades nine through twelve. We're a faith based. We're a Jewish high school. Uh, we only accept uh, Jewish students, but we're surrounded by all kinds of other schools, and uh, we interact with uh, quite a few, for many reasons. And actually, one of the strengths and important items that I believe is that you have. Uh, communications with your colleagues you share information we all learn from each other it doesn't matter if you're faith-based or you're public or you're private Um, we're all in this together it's education we want our kids to have a great education and whatever we can do to make that possible it's a team effort it's not just a me effort
0: and and where is day high school
1: West Hills is in the San Fernando Valley of Los Angeles Um, we're out in the uh, West End, we're uh, close to uh, cities of Calabasas, Thousand Oaks, um, which are actually go towards Agoura. That that area of the uh, uh, the valley, and um, it's um, some people call it a different area, that being the San Fernando Valley. Some people won't even go into quote unquote the city, um, but we are one big city. We are really the city of Los Angeles, and I was born and bred in that city and uh, proud proud of that
0: so perfect and where we are and what I want to do is put everybody in a perspective as to what we're going to talk about here today with you which is the wildfires so uh, I want you to share uh, what the audience you know what that week was like to in I mean leading up to that you and I were just talking about it, and I remember it was the mass shooting in Thousand Oaks which is really close to you know where you were as well but To put into perspective before we get into it, how close did the fires get to your campus, and how far did they get to your home?
1: It actually got within a couple of miles of our campus. Um, There was one night, I'm not sure, I think it was Friday night, um, that I walked out to the main boulevard and could see flames uh, down the road. Um, I drove a little bit closer to get a a better idea um, and speak with the uh, police department as to more specifics, but uh, they were very, very close, and uh, close enough that it was it was scary, and um, that uh, we needed to have uh, possible answers just in case. As a matter of fact, um, it was actually, it was Friday night, and there was a group staying overnight, a group of kids, they were having um, a special retreat, and um, a lot of them were afraid. They were wondering, you know, what would happen if their parents, if there's something happened to their parents' house? And even more so, what would happen if something happened where the flames got close to the school? And I actually had about three different conversations with the group, um, trying to reassure them that, first of all, the flames were not going that direction, thank goodness. Um, but also, there were a lot of homes in between the flames and us. And um, if something were to go the wrong way, um, the fire department would be with us well, well in advance, and we'd be taken care of, um, God forbid. Um, thank goodness nothing did happen, um, but they were really close. I live a little bit further on, so the flames were not really um, affected uh, to our house, which is about another eight miles away. Um, but it became very, very real um, when I was on the premises at school.
0: So. It would have been very easy for you to stay home and be safer uh, during these fires because you weren't closer to the fires and you weren't on campus. You were further away. And you and your wife, Lana, who was she was there with you for a lot of this, this time, if not all of it. I know that a part of it anyway when I was talking to you. Um, you and your team at the campus chose to keep the doors open and to provide... Needed food, water, supplies, clothing—at times, whatever it was needed—to people that were being affected by the fires. And you were—you were within harm's reach. Of I mean, these fires were moving pretty fast. Um, and if I'm wrong about any of this, tell me. But this is from what I read and what I talked to you about it. It was a little bit hairier. You—you you made it, even though you were exhausted at times. In some of your updates, you probably made it not as bad as it probably really was, as far as the situation, as far as the dangers and things like that. Take, take us through what that was like to, to decide, hey, we're going to stay open. We're going to stay open 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. We're going to come together as a team. We're going to help people. We're going to provide them with hope and comfort uh, in the worst of situations, all knowing uh, and uh, all knowing that you could have been at home in a much safer environment. Um, was there worry through that? Like talk us talk me through what that experience was like. Let me go
1: back a little bit. I want to go back to the Wednesday before the fire started. Um, That was a terrible day in our area. Um, There was the Borderline Bar and Grill in Thousand Oaks, and there was a terrible mass shooting, mass killing. And um, that was one of those situations where people knew people. Um, I know there was one one of our teachers knew one of the kids who was in there and dove out a window and, thank goodness, uh, made it out alive. Um, So our community as a whole, that whole area, was in grief and mourning and in unbelievable, you know, what happened and how could this happen. And this is also, this is not a school or it's not a synagogue or a place of worship where, unfortunately, we've had many of these uh, mass killings. This was a bar, a place that we all go to. So that's where we started. That was Wednesday, Wednesday night. Thursday comes, and these fires start up. And Thursday night, I'm in bed. It's uh, close to 11 o'clock, and I get a call from a rabbi friend saying, look, I need some help. We've got all of our congregants. They've got places to stay. All of them have been um, relocated from their homes. They've had to leave their homes. They've got places to stay. But what they don't have is they don't have a place to go during the day. They don't have a place where their kids can play because all the schools are closed. They don't have a place where they can relax a little bit. They can't go to work. They don't have a place where there is someone who can talk to them, where they can get some food, they can get some comfort and um, just speak with people and relax a little bit. And I said, Paul, what time? You want me to to meet you there right now? And he said no. So the next morning we were there very early. We are getting our place ready. Um, At the same time, the school had to decide whether we were going to be open or not that Friday. And we decided to close the school for that Friday because a lot of our students and teachers were affected by the fires. Either they were sent out of their homes or they couldn't get to the school because of the different fire blockades. The fire was in many different areas, unfortunately, and was affecting people in, in different areas likewise, so transportation was a challenge. So, although it was sad news, we were closed on Friday, which meant our place was empty and open for anyone and everyone who wanted to come. Um, that morning, that Friday morning, um, we started to have people show up, and there was food that showed up, and um, things happen unbelievably when people are in, uh, in a tragedy and all kinds of nice things were, were occurring. And then about uh, 10 o'clock, we got a meeting together. There were all these different people from different uh, organizations. Um, there were a couple of camps that uh, were leveled. One of the camp directors was there. Um, there were a couple of schools involved, um, some synagogues. And there's a meeting of maybe 15 or so people in our conference room. And the question is, okay, what are we gonna do? How do we organize as a team, as opposed to everyone doing one thing together, uh, as opposed to one by one by one? Let's do things in mass and and use that as a strength. And we had a meeting. Actually, they had a meeting, I was participating. And um, some of those items started to come up And during that, I said, you know what? I know someone, this is his profession. He deals in emergency situations. Let's get him out here. Um, So in a couple of hours, um, a gentleman by the name of Chris Jaffe from Jaffe Emergency Services was out there, and he was leading a meeting um, for all of these different organizations as to what the next steps should be. And those meetings, be it phone or be it in person, continued actually for another you know, a couple of weeks. Um, so that was great that that started at that point in time. But coming really to your question, uh, Josh, um, it's a non-issue. I mean, something is there, people need help, and I've got the ability to do it. going to be there. It's just uh, you don't think about it. You don't think twice, and I, I imagine that's what happens in many, many situations. One of the underlying um, things that came out of this, and actually started this, is there have been, unfortunately, so many tragedies that we've uh, faced. Um, starting with 9-11, you know, you've got floods and hurricanes in the South, in New Orleans, in Florida, uh, Houston, etc. cetera. And um, my feeling for the most part is I can give blood and I can give money. They don't want clothes, they don't want anything else. Mm -hmm. I can't get on a bus and get out there to help them. This is all I can do is give them blood out of my system and uh, my cash. This was a a situation where I could give me and I could give it all. And I was happy to do that. And um, it was not about me at all, it was about helping other people and getting other people to join in that um, on that team to help those who really needed it because there were people that totally lost their homes, 100%. There were people that weren't sure if they were going to lose their house or not. Um, There were synagogues. There were schools that were in the almost um, situation. Uh, It was very scary, and thank goodness I have never been there, um, but I wanted to do what I could do. Mm -hmm. So that's where we started from.
0: And that's uh, you brought up a couple pieces there that are interesting to me because you know you brought up some of the things that have happened, and you know sadly you know when we think about schools in crisis, I mean Columbine just hit the 20th; it was the 20th anniversary this year, and on the 20th anniversary there was that that young woman from Florida that went out. They had 27 schools canceled the week of uh, uh, searching for her because they thought she was going to do something, and you know countless others since then, Um, and we think about. Crisis with schools that we're running away from the schools. We're evacuating the schools. We're locking down the schools. Very rarely are we thinking about when something like this happens that we're opening up the schools and what to do and how do we do it and what does that look like. And I think putting it in a situation like yours is almost like a, you know, not even, you know, we talk about, you know, if, you know, we always say that, you used to say when I was growing up, it was like, oh, if this happens, or if this happens, because it's highly unlikely that many of the things that we deal with today were happening 25 and 30 years ago. And now, sadly, it's a win it happens. Something's going to happen at some capacity to every school that's going to impact it in one way or another, whether it's being a shelter a shelter for a devastating act of God or a fire, or it is an active shooter and we're evacuating and getting everybody out and trying to get people safe. It's, it's incredible to think that you had literally less than 24 hours from from the start and awareness of this fire, you know, a, a ton of emotion and affected people from the the bar shooting, and you had 24 hours from there to really. And it didn't sound like it took 24 seconds for you guys to say, "Okay, we're going to do something." Now we need to figure out what it is and then put the action in play. And then you guys leveraged social media to get the word out of. You know, what were you you were doing? What you guys needed for donations? Um, there was i I'm trying to think it was the head of the school or who it was that was walking through and walking through your your cool clear gates there uh, that you have at the entrance and kind of showing the people that were there. And I remember seeing seeing some pictures of these people. Like you said, they've lost everything. They have nothing, and they're sitting in your buildings, passing the time in a comfortable setting, drinking some water, and they're smiling, like they're happy that they're there. They're appreciative that they're there. They're not like joyous and like, hey, I lost everything, happy days. But they're smiling because they're appreciative that people like you and your team stepped up and gave them some place to sort through, think through, be appreciative for being alive. I mean, what was that like? Like that just had to have been just an overwhelming emotional experience that I, I couldn't ever imagine unless you're, you're in it.
1: You don't, you don't think of it that way when you're doing it you think of, I've got to do this, and what do we need to do to make it happen? So there were two things going on. One is at some point in time, which was like maybe late Sunday, early, probably on Monday, actually, because Monday was uh, Veterans Day, so we didn't have to worry school was closed again. Um, But we had to be concerned, and we made some decisions internally in our school as to what type of, um, how open could we be when school gets back in session, because really we are a school and we do have to educate and we've got to make sure that all the classrooms or whatnot are available, but what can we uh, compromise on? So that was one area that we had to make some decisions on. The other was on a, on a more positive and a, uh, a note of um, people giving in, it was like, if we need something, okay, fine. So I talked to the person in charge of our parent organization. And we've got a Jag Shack, is what we call our uh, student store. Mm-hmm. And there's food there. And the attitude was, take it. Whatever you need, take it. It's small money, it's mm-hmm. small stuff, but if there are people there who need to have food and need to have some enjoyment, just take the stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we even uh, talked about the possibility of using our kitchen. Now. I mentioned that we're a Jewish school, so our kitchen, it's a kosher kitchen. And so there are certain things that can and can't go on in the kitchen. But the bottom line is when it comes to a person's life and um, getting them food so that they can sustain and making it happen, sometimes you make some changes. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't need to use our kitchen, but these were considerations that were made. It's like, what do we need to do to make these people feel as whole as they can internally.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're not going to do it for the most part because they've lost, some of the people have totally lost all their belongings. But what can we do inside to inside of them to make them feel a little bit better?
0: Have you seen any of them, the people that have lost everything that were spending a, a bit of time there since the fires, like have you kept in contact with many of them? Or do they come by and say thank you? Do they are they part of your community and your school? Were there students that had family members that lost everything? Like, what is the what is the after effect of all of that? And what is that? You know, are there any stories that came out of that? Uh, the following? only
1: thing that I can share is that um, one of the groups was a, a synagogue that we we know uh, mm-hmm. well. My wife and I, and um, we've started to go to uh, some of their um, their synagogue uh, um, different. Items that they had. As a matter of fact, there was one evening where they had an honor, they honored different people for uh, different portions that they did in uh, helping out. And um, I was asked to be one of those people who was honored um, during the uh, festival of Hanukkah, which is rededication. Um, But in going back there, um, I go back there as someone who's just interested in participating in religious services. But there are people that come up to me that remember me, and um, it's very nice. I mean, it's not something that I search out for, Mm -hmm. um, but it's nice that we made a difference. I know we made a difference. Mm -hmm. That wasn't the reason that we did it. We did it to help people out. And if someone comes back or they don't come back,
0: Mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I was just thinking the emotional side of things. I mean, for me, in a couple of situations that I've been, you're right, you get right into it, and it's just, this is what we're going to do, this is the task at hand. But afterwards, the emotional piece to it just kind of gets, like, almost, it could get overwhelming. It could get, like, when you think about it, or when you see it, or when people talk about it, you go, wow, we did all of that. And we accomplished so much, and we impacted so many, and we did such, you know, and, and then you're emotionally kind of, like, taken aback. Because that, that had to be just, I I flew over um, the the devastated land, for back, lack of a better word, uh, a number of weeks later going up to Alaska. And it, it just took my... I wasn't on the ground floor. I wasn't where you were. And just being up at, you know, flying up over, because we flew in L.A. and then up along where uh, the fires had hit. And uh, just seeing it from a distance was just... It was emotionally just devastating for me. I was just sitting here just... Yeah. You know, literally crying in my airplane seat, thinking about the people on the ground that lost their family members, lost their their pets, lost their homes, lost everything that they could possibly think of, that they that that they could hold on to. Um, I don't know. I just I just think that that would just be a, a huge emotional experience of some at some level.
1: Uh, and what's ironic also is that I just did a seminar. Um, yesterday, as a matter of fact, on crisis management, mm-hmm. this is not something that you talk about in crisis management when you're dealing with someone else's crisis yeah. as to what to do for them. Um, it's opened eyes, um, and I've got to tell you, there are so many people that were partners in this. I mean, so many. I mean, so many internally at our school, um, and of course, they had to make it possible that uh, it was okay. Um, but as we went on in future weeks, you know, there was still usage of our facilities. Mm-hmm. And there were many people that just made things happen. There was a dinner that they had that uh, a nearby restaurant um, gave them for almost free. Mm-hmm. Um, just many people making it happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a really, it was a team effort. And I, I was proud to be a part of it. Yeah. I was honored to be a part of it.
0: That's great and uh, so now we're, we're you know five months later how, how are things being built back up? Is it still you know when you drive that two miles to the fire line is it still everything's I mean it's got t- I mean that's gonna take years and years to rebuild and get back but how is how close to life is normal is it or does it ever get back to normal or is this your new normal?
1: And, and no it, it, I, I think it's a new normal. it doesn't get back to normal. There will be people who will rebuild. There will be people who didn't have enough insurance or any insurance or enough for a house. There are people who moved out of the area um, because they don't want to be a part of it. They don't want to be reminded of it. There are some people, there are some blocks where only one or two homes stood up and everything else is black around them. Wow. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a, a negative new normal.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. Um, I, I, I'm just, uh, I've heard countless stories throughout that, or that that whole ordeal that went on, and as I told you, I, went, I was up in Alaska right after that for the earthquakes, and um, it's amazing to see the resilience of of our Americans, you know, the fact that, you know, they we will rebuild. We will. I mean, there are some that will leave, leave and there's some, sadly, that didn't have the coverage right. that they needed, and they have to relocate. but. It's amazing how many people have said we're, we're not going anywhere and we're not letting this hold us back, and that's just an incredible um, that's an incredible thing to see for for humans as a whole. So, um, I think we're going to get the boot here in about two minutes. So, uh, is there anything else that we missed that um, you want to cover or t- or share with the world or uh, a David Marcus nugget of knowledge, maybe?
1: <laughs>
0: no, it's just. Um
1: what I will share is that um, if you're an organization, to make sure that you've got a mass communication system where you can uh, get communications out immediately. I know there are many that don't have them. Um, <laughs> they are easily that you can have on your computer or on your uh, on your cell phone. So I highly recommend that um, as an application, um, and. Um, it was something that uh, you just you just do things like this. Yep. This is who you are. Um, it provided a, a really great uh, uh, possibility for our students to interact once they came back to school with some of the uh, kids. Um, one of our, something that's major important to us is kindness, and it showed how we as a school and a school community were being kind and also letting the kids participate in that. So, I hate to say it was a win-win, it was a, it was a terrible, tragic win-win, but if you're going to have a tragedy, let's find some good in it, and let's do what we need to do to help out our fellow mankind.
0: That's a, that's a heck of a way to close out. David, I, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you as a friend. Um, as, as someone that I've gotten to know over the years, I, I really just think you're an awesome human. Um, you make a, you make a bigger impact and a difference than you give yourself credit for and that's probably part of what makes you so awesome and uh, I thank you for taking the time to, to sit here on this uh, little podcast we're doing in a in a soon-to- be breakout room for a class so um, we got another day and a half here so we'll, we'll, we'll be sure to We're going to go get some lunch now. So, um, anyone that wants to get a hold of you, you're on social media, is there some place that they can maybe follow along if you if you're doing any of your crisis management classes or?
1: Look, give me uh, contact me. Probably the best way is my email, which is uh, first initial last name D Marcus M A R C U S at D T H S -S 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 dot org. I'd love to hear from you, and I'm passionate about sharing. Uh, crisis management is one of the areas, um, but fil- facilities in general, um, that's something that that's a forte of mine and uh, love sharing with other people and hearing about other people's stories. And if uh, I or people I know can assist,
0: Perfect. thanks so much. Perfect. Well, in the meantime, to get a hold of me, you can, for the podcast, it's Josh at Be Awesome, and that's B-E-A-U-S-M dot com you like the podcast, make sure to do a rating and review. Send me an email. You get a free T-shirt. And uh, in the meantime, in order to be awesome, you got to do awesome. Have a great day.